0: Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rolison, also known as T-Roll, and we are continuing our series, Having Impact, this fall. We're actually bringing on a very special guest, my original uh, co-host of this podcast back when we started it in
1: 2020, the one and only Ben Weber. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm well. It's good to be back. Yeah, dude. Appreciate you calling me special. We we kicked it off, and then it's been a while since we've sat down across the table. It,
0: it's, it's actually been quite a while since we've recorded together, so I'm glad you're back on here, man. The people, they've missed your
1: voice. I don't know about that, man. Usually what happens is you get big, and you forget the little people. So I'm just honored <laughs> that you invite me back on the show. Hey, well, just for you, man. Just because you're my boss.
0: Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I really am. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> uh, so here's what we're doing, Ben. We've been talking a lot about just the fall semester, getting ready for the fall Having impact this fall, we've had a lot of great talks uh, so far, a lot of great conversations. Uh, but before we kind of get into our topic today, um, just want to ask you a question, man. How has the fall semester been so far for you? We've been at We've been back for a few weeks. I mean, what do you love most about the fall?
1: That's a great question. I, really, right now, I'm energized. I think everyone would say that COVID disrupted normal life, especially on the college campus. And so I, I feel a lot of gratitude, uh, a lot of energy right now just to be able to go to a cafeteria and sit at a table with five or six people to host a Bible study and not have to sit six feet apart to have big weekly meetings where we get to proclaim the gospel and be able to max out, you know, um, big rooms on campus. It's really been exciting, and there seems to be a renewed a desire amongst the student body just to be in relationship and to get to know people and to try new things, but also to investigate Christ. So, we're 10 days into our semester on campus, and it's been uh, really fun just to dialogue the gospel and meet a lot of new students. Yeah, amen to that, bro. Amen to that. Well, listen, in this series so far, we've
0: spent a lot of time discussing how to reach new students this fall. Um, Again, a lot of great topics we've already covered, but today we want to specifically focus on helping our listeners know how to identify spiritually interested students. So that's why we're bringing you on. So Ben, can you help us? What are some tips that you have that you can help our listeners to identify as students who are spiritually interested?
1: That's a great question. And if you think about where we are in the semester, we've just kicked off the fall and we're meeting new people, we're getting on campus, uh, our students are feeling out, you know, what organization, uh, what club are they gonna join? And very often, the fall is all about first impressions, right, we're, we tend to size people up. So when you're on campus, you know, you, you pick out the athletes, they're the ones with the team issued gear, maybe they're a little taller, a little stronger, a little more muscle bound than the rest of the student body. We can obviously pick out the Greeks, they've got the letters on their chest, uh, they've got the frat tats on their ankles, you know, they're dressing in a similar way. You can pick out the art students. They've got the big easels and art supplies that they're toting around campus. And even the guys who want to be an SGA or young business, you know, they tuck in the shirts and put on the collar or the suit. And so we tend to think if that's how you identify Greeks or athletes or art or business students, then there must be some external indicators to help us figure out who's spiritually interested So we look for things like maybe a cross necklace or, you know, a Jesus tat, uh, some sort of giveaway that would suggest to us that someone is spiritually interested. And I hate to break it to you, but spiritual interest is not demonstrated externally. Uh, There's nothing, there's no physical mark on our body that would suggest or proclaim to the world that I have an interest in spiritual things, okay? It's not like you get a blue mark or an X On your forehead if you want to talk about God. And so the simple answer is this. uh, Whoever you interact with, whoever you come in in contact with, is spiritually interested. I mean, it's a simple answer, but everyone is spiritually interested. You want to know why, T-Roll? Tell me why. Because we're all made in God's image. So whether you're a Greek, athlete, independent, freshman, senior, regardless of the color of your skin, all humans are made in God's image, and therefore... We have a spiritual interest. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says it this way, that God has written eternity on our hearts. Uh, The great St. Augustine says this, our souls are restless until we find rest in thee. And so here's what tends to happen on campus is that we have a default. or We tend to think, and I think this is a wrong assumption, that most college students are not interested in spiritual things. Okay, So that tends to be the default. When we step on campus, when we walk to class, when we interact in the cafeteria, we wrongfully assume that people don't want to talk about God. They don't want to go beneath the surface in conversation, and they don't want to engage in spiritual things. It's almost like our court system. It's like the legal system. You've probably heard the expression that somebody is innocent until proven guilty. right? That's the default. That the jury, the judge, should approach whoever is on trial as innocent until they're proven guilty. In the same way, college students go to campus and they assume that someone is uninterested until they're proven interested. That somebody doesn't want to talk, to, talk about God unless they initiate it. Unless they say, let's talk about it, let's have this conversation. And what I want to do is I want to flip the script. And I would suggest that because God has written eternity on our hearts, but also the data, the science... Uh, different polls are revealing that most people, if you initiate a spiritual conversation, they will gladly talk about it. So just in the same way that our courtroom is built uh, on the assumption that you're innocent until proven guilty, I would say most of the college students, most of the adults, the graduates that I interact with, are interested until they're proven uninterested. They actually want to talk about these things. They're sick and tired about talking about the party party. Uh, the relationship drama, how tough practice is, and they're actually longing, desiring, because they're image bearers of God to talk about something deeper. Interested until proven uninterested. Is that what you said? That's exactly
0: right. All right. That's I like that man. I never heard that before. Okay, so I, I'll, I I see what you're saying. So let me ask you this, man. Most of these. Students, they're not going to come up to to any of uh, any of our listeners and usually be like, "Hey, I'm spiritually interested." So it it kind of turns to like, what do our student, what do our, the people listening to this podcast, the students, staff, whoever's listening, what do they need to do? What sort of techniques or even questions might they ask?
1: That's right. It's somewhat of a paradox where I'm making the case that all individuals, because they're image bearers of God deep down in their heart of hearts have a, have a longing for God, have a spiritual interest. But at the same time, they probably won't initiate a spiritual conversation. So this is our responsibility uh, as believers and followers of Jesus, as ambassadors for Christ. We have a responsibility to pray, to be watchful, and to initiate spiritual conversations. Uh, I, I would say this. I have been working with Campus Outreach for almost 15 years, and I have a reputation on my campus of being a campus minister. And so from time to time, people come to me and ask me questions about the Bible. But nine times out of ten, the overwhelming majority of my conversations are, are ones that I initiate, that I prompt, that I lead, and that I guide. Okay? And that's just the reality of things. So if there was one verse that is really instructive to me when it comes to identifying and initiating spiritual conversations, it would be Colossians 4. Two through three. This would be a great verse to read, to study, and to memorize. And this is Paul speaking, but he says, "Continue, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ." So, this is what we want. We we want to be like Paul. We want opportunities to declare the gospel, which is the mystery of Christ. And do you see Paul's advice, his wisdom, proceeding, declaring the gospel? It's, he says, first and foremost, continue to be steadfast in prayer. Okay? So before I even have a conversation at a cafeteria table, at a ball practice, in a fraternity house, I, I am covering my day in prayer. Okay? And I'm doing it steadfastly. That means my heart's engaged, but it's also consistent. So each and every day... In the morning, after I close my Bible, I pray, God, give me opportunities. God, put people in my path. Let me take advantage of whatever, whatever uh, person I'm standing next to in line. I'm sitting across to, from at the cafeteria table. I, I, I want to have conversations about the gospel. And then Paul says, be watchful. And so because I'm prayerful and I start my day that way, I'm also looking for opportunities. And here's what tends to happen. You become the answer to your prayer. Okay? You become the answer to your prayer because you're looking for opportunities. You're eager to initiate conversations, and then you become intentional to look for open doors. Now, here's the thing about open doors. You'll, you'll probably hear this phrase mentioned a lot, um, you know, and usually people use it in really silly ways. They're like, you know, I'm dating this girl because God gave me an open door. And usually they're just dating the girl because they think she's good looking, right? And they just want to spiritualize it or bring God into the equation. Uh, I meet with a lot of graduates and they say, God gave me this open door to take this job in this random city. And usually what they, they're just trying to spiritualize a selfish decision to make more money. But this is actually the proof text for open doors. And open doors okay, are, are people that desire to hear the gospel. So here's the question. How do you know if a door is open or unlocked? Okay, from a distance, if I'm standing in a road and I'm looking at a home with the front door, I can't from a distance know if that door is open or locked. Would you agree with that, T-Roll? totally, for sure. So, for example, yesterday I'm walking with my two little kids. i got a five-year-old daughter, and she loves to hang out with her neighbors. And the way that their house is situated, their cars are parked behind. So when we walk by their house, we don't know if they're in the home or not in the home. Okay, and Ellie's a little shy. She's five years old, but I always have to prompt her, encourage her, and she'll say, Dad, or the neighbor's home. I want to play with the boys. I want to hang out. I want to jump on the trampoline, and I have to instruct her. I say, Ellie, I don't know. We can't see the cars. We don't see any lights on. The only way you can find out is if you what? Go knock on the door. Go knock on the door. So in the same way, if you want to find out if somebody is open, to hearing the gospel, you got to knock on the door. And in this analogy, knocking on the door is initiating a conversation and asking good questions, okay? That's how we find out. So do you see the process that Paul lays out? He says, first off, pray consistently. Second, be watchful, look for opportunities. And then third, knock on the door, jiggle the handle, initiate and see if somebody is willing to dialogue about who Jesus is. Yeah, that's really good, man. That's really good. So when you get to that point, you're able to have
0: make those observations. You're able to knock on the door. You're able to identify if somebody actually wants to go deeper, wants to talk more. What's the next best step to take with that person?
1: That's right. It's all about asking questions. So Proverbs 25 says this, the purpose of a man's heart are like deep waters, but a man of understanding can draw them out. So we want to be men and women of wisdom and understanding. We want to draw out the deep desires, the purpose and passions of our classmates, and the way we do it, okay, it's like drawing water from a well, is we ask good questions. And, and Jesus, Jesus was the perfect model of this. In fact, in the Gospels, uh, the Gospel writers note that in Matthew, uh, he asked 94 questions. In Mark 59, 82 in Luke, and 49 in John, Jesus was the master evangelist because he asked questions. In fact, many of the most famous interactions that Jesus has with unbelievers they all start with questions, right? Think about the rich young ruler. He says, why do you call me good? I think about the Pharisees. Jesus asked them, what is written in the law or how do you read it? Jesus is constantly initiating to people by asking questions. And so here's what I've seen. Most of the, the men and women that I disciple, they know the content of the gospel. Uh, they understand the message of the gospel. They just don't know how to get there in conversation, right? Uh, You know, they come to me and they say, Ben, I I know how to talk about football or the weather or, you know, new clothing trends or what's going on on Instagram. uh, But how do I get to Jesus? How do I funnel and direct these conversations? And really the key is asking good questions. And this should really lead to a lot of freedom for our young believers that are listening to the podcast. Because too often, our enemy sidelines young believers from engaging evangelism with this myth and this lie, it's this, is that I shouldn't share my faith or I shouldn't start this spiritual conversation because I don't know enough. Or they say this, I just don't know all the answers or I might get stumped. And I would just say this, welcome to the club. Okay? I don't know the answers. I'm not omniscient. I'm not all-knowing. There are certain things that students ask me even today that stump me. And, but that is a lie from the enemy. And God wants us, even without knowing all the right answers, to initiate spiritual conversations. So the best evangelist I know, um, the best men and women who lead people to Jesus, they don't have all the answers. They ask the best questions. Hmm. Okay, They don't know all the answers. They just ask the right questions. And so when we ask questions, we're able to guide the conversation. Uh, We demonstrate respect and concern for somebody, but it also creates interest. And so here's what I encourage people to do is just work on asking good questions, okay? Ask conversation producers, not killers. Let me explain the difference. So instead of going to somebody and saying, did you have a good day? Or when you ask that question, what are you going to get? Yeah, man, it was pretty good. You know, just really shallow answers. Okay, you're going to get a yes or a no. Instead, all you're going to do is say, tell me about your day. That's a conversation producer. And in the spiritual realm, instead of just saying, are you a Christian, you're going to get a yes or a no. Instead, ask this, hey, would you mind telling me about your spiritual beliefs? These produce really really fruitful conversations. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And so when it comes to just having good conversations, the way we train our students, we say there's actually three parts to a good conversation. And T. roll I'm sure you've heard this at some point on the Beach Project. But we say a good conversation, it it follows three points. First off, it starts with external questions. Then it moves to internal, and then finally we get to eternal. You with me? Totally. External, internal, eternal. Let me demonstrate. External would be, what do you think about the weather? What's your major? What's your hometown? Tell me about your family. Okay, these are all basic conversation producing, okay? For those of you who are Greek, it feels like these are first week of rush type questions, but you're just simply trying to get to know that person, Okay, so we gotta start with the basics, but then you start asking internal questions. And these are questions that are going a little deeper. You're scratching the surface, but you're digging into the heart, the passions, and the purpose of the person you're interacting with. Mm. So here's some of my favorite. You wanna hear my my favorite internal questions? I mean, it it could be something as this I mean, who who is somebody, uh, some famous celebrity or thinker or author that you'd like to sit down and eat a meal with? Okay, that's not an explicitly Gospel-centered question, but it's interesting. It's provocative. Uh, Sometimes I ask people, what's something challenging that you've been through over the past year? Uh, Sometimes I'd ask, uh, when you graduate or you leave your university, how do you want your classmates or fraternity brothers or roommates to remember you? Sometimes I ask people, what would you say is your purpose or passion in life? Mm-hmm. So once again, these aren't explicitly gospel questions, but do you see what they're getting at? Something
0: that goes deeper. beneath the surface. Yeah, That's and even right. just asking a follow-up to any of those could be like, why?
1: Right? Like exactly if you want
0: right. to have dinner with someone, like a famous athlete or celebrity, well, tell me why. And that, that, that goes deep too, you know, that really brings it out of them.
1: That's right. So here's what we're, we're not trying to dive into the deep end. We don't go from, hey, it's pretty hot outside to you know, what do you, what do you think about Jesus? We're trying to ease our way into the pool, but we're guiding the conversation. And, and eventually, we want to get to eternal questions. And these are questions that are centered on the person of Jesus Christ. So some of my favorite, I'll give you some quick hitters just in my 15 years uh, of campus ministry experience, but generally I ask people, hey, if you could know God in a personal way, would you want to? Or I will ask them, do you ever think about spiritual things? Uh, How would you describe your spiritual beliefs? Uh, Now keep in mind, we're working with primarily a southern audience, and most of these students have some sort of church background, but I'll say, hey look, most people in the south call themselves Christians because their grandma's a Christian, or they go to church for the holidays, and I'll simply ask them, what do you think it really means to be a Christian? Another question i like to ask is, every book has a theme. Uh, What do you think the theme or the purpose or meaning of the Bible is? So, Anyways, those are all questions that go a little deeper, but now we're honing in on the person in life of Jesus. That's great, man. External, internal, eternal, right? That's it. And the one thing we can't forget is that once you ask a question, okay, what should you do next? You should listen. James 119 says every person should be quick to hear and slow to speak. Unfortunately, we often get that twisted. So very often when we're engaged in evangelistic-type relationships, we might ask a question, and we tend to fixate on formulating our response and how we're going to answer or contest what they say. Instead, we just need to listen. We need to take James the Wise at his word and just be quick to hear. And I would just say this. The final reason why we ask questions is people don't care what you know until they know you care. That's a classic C.O. cliché. But people don't care what you know until they know you care. And so this means when I ask somebody a question, I might ask them, what is your purpose or passion in life? And if they say, hey, I'm just, I'm living for the weekend. I love to party. I love to drink. I love to sleep around. I don't interrupt and fix. Okay? Right now is not the time for me to say, well, the Bible says this. Or have you read this verse? Or Jesus disagrees. Instead, I listen because I want to draw. Out, I want to be a man of understanding who draws out their deep desires. Okay, I want to listen. I don't want to interrupt, and I want to engage them in a in a productive conversation. And then I would say also just don't just think about your verbal communication. Think about your nonverbal. Okay, I don't know how they came up with this statistic, but apparently eighty five percent of all communication is nonverbal. So, I put my phone up, I give them eye contact, not in a creepy like direct unblinking way, but I lean towards them, I engage them. I want to communicate not only with my words, but also my body that I'm here to listen to what you have to say. That's that's great, man. I think if you if our listeners
0: will do, you know, take these uh this advice to heart, you'll see some some life change. You'll see some exciting things happening on your campus. Um, So I think this is great stuff, Ben. Anything
1: else you'd like to add before we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I would just say evangelism is a process. Evangelism is not a one-time conversation. So if you went to campus, and this is what you ought to try just for a week. Try for a week just to wake up every morning based off Colossians 4 and simply say, I'm going to pray for opportunities. I'm going to pray for the teammates that I'll be in the meeting with. I'm going to pray for the fraternity brothers or the study partners that I'm going to meet with today. And then you go into those conversations, looking to ask good questions, to listen. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at the amazing conversations that will come. And I would just say this: if you have a fruitful conversation, uh, you 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 want this to lead to a process. You now, you want there to be repetition and consistency. And so, oftentimes, what I do if I have a like, for example, yesterday, I sat down with two freshmen on the Bible study uh, or on the uh, football team, uh, and I started asking questions about their spiritual in- interest. And very quickly, I found out that one uh, is, is actually uh, practicing Judaism, and the other identified as an agnostic. Okay? Once again, I didn't interrupt and fix, but I asked them if I could share what the Bible says about salvation, and they said, we'd love to hear it. Hmm. And we had a very fruitful and productive conversation. I didn't lead them uh, to pray a prayer or to repent or change their worldview, but we had a great conversation over a verse in the Bible And because I believe that evangelism is not a one-hit conversation, I simply said to these guys, I said, Guys, I really enjoyed our conversation. They said, So do we. I said, Would you be interested in meeting again? Apparently, you guys are free. On a Monday at noon, what if we met at the same place, at the same time, next week, and we just keep this conversation going? I'll come in with another Bible verse, and I'd love to hear what you guys believe so that we can continue this conversation. So that's what you want to do. uh, You want to to set up another appointment, but you also want to get your classmates around the body of Christ. Another phrase that we have in CO is that before people believe, they want to belong. Okay? Before they believe, they want to belong. So one of the most powerful apologetics for the faith is not just you know, the credible testimony or witness that you give in conversation. It's actually the living, vibrant body of Christ that, that will welcome unbelievers uh, and, and help them experience uh, the love and the warmth of fellowship with Jesus. That 's good, man. We actually have a, a topic on that in this series too, so that 's quite fitting so that 's right that's, that's right and, and you know, I think you asked me you know maybe one final tip, and I would just say this I mean this is what I want to leave our audience with It's this is that we, we tend to think that the greatest obstacle uh, to evangelism is unbelievers it 's their hard heartedness it 's their toughness it's their resistance to the gospel, and I would just say in my fifteen years of experience. I have certainly had people tell me they're not interested in hearing what I have to say. Uh, they don't have a desire to talk about God. But, but those, those instances are few and far between. Okay, 99% of the time, people want to have conversations about God and Jesus. People are thirsty, hungry, longing to have conversations that matter. And so I truly believe that the greatest obstacle to evangelism, it's not the unbeliever's. The greatest obstacle to evangelism is Christians who don't want to share the gospel. Christians who haven't tried it out. Christians who haven't made an attempt. And so if that's you, I would just say evangelism works. The question is, are you willing to try it out? Are are you willing to give it a shot? So that would just be my encouragement. Be prayerful. Be watchful. Initiate conversations. Listen. And just see how God blesses your conversations each and every day. Amen. Amen. Well,
0: Ben, thank you so much for joining us today, brother. We really appreciate you coming back on. Uh, Big thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, We want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And also, uh, if, this, if this episode or any other episode has blessed you in any way, please share it with some of your friends as well. Uh, we would love for you to share it, and maybe it'll, maybe it'll impact or bless one of your uh, friends as, uh, as they look to grow in their walk as well. But with all that in mind, for my good friend Ben Weber, this is T. Roll saying thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care.